Amanda. I'm Denise. And this is Disturbing Behavior. Behavior. The podcast. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Okay. So I had this thought last night. Uh-oh. I was a couple gummies in, so that, that could have been what, what triggered this thought process. But you sit there and you know how like we laugh at something that's dark and inappropriate or something that you really shouldn't be laughed about, but then you're like, you feel bad for laughing. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there and you say, oh, God, well, this is why I'm going to hell. Bear with me. Yes. There's a journey yeah. here. We're going on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> so now when you think about that, we, we laugh about it. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to hell for this one, hell for that. Now, if all of us who laugh at dark and inappropriate things make jokes about things that probably shouldn't be joked about or definitely shouldn't be joked about, and we're all going to hell, wouldn't that be more of like, and we're going to be in hell with other people who are just like us, so wouldn't that be more of like a reward than a punishment? Whereas when you think about all these people who claim they're going to heaven, they're usually very bigoted, small-minded people who have like cast out their alphabet mafia family members and are very racist and homophobic, misogynistic and all that. And they're, if they're in heaven to me, that would be punishment. Like, I don't want to go there. If there's people like that there, yeah, right? that be? So is, is that like, or would that be like my punishment? Would going to heaven be my punishment because I'd be around these people that mm-hmm. don't understand? You kind of think about it. Somebody once said, like, they made this analogy of like how, you know, when our dogs pass and we say, well, we're, we hope they're up there in doggy heaven chasing squirrels. And, you know, people are like, what about the, the poor squirrels are being chased? It's like, well, doggy heaven, the squirrel hell are very interesting. So, <laughs> 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 like, I started thinking about that. So, this is, these are the fucking journeys my brain goes on. So, in case anybody wants to know what it's like to live in my head. <laughs> so, like, I'm having an conversation about it. You know, like, Ruptured. So 
I had an interaction with my uncle at that point in time when I was dead. And, you know, so I know that there is that. But I'm just thinking, while I'm waiting around to come back to whatever shit show that's going to be here for me, because I'm assuming <laughs> it's another dumpster, you know, fire, because that seems to be, you know, mm-hmm. my, my setting, my default setting. But, like, seriously, so in that time frame, <laughs> we're waiting around. You know, you're supposed to be using that time to reflect so that you make better choices in the next, uh, your next rotation. You know, like, what am I doing? Am I just going to come back with even worse humor? Like, if more dark and stern humor? <laughs> like, or am I going to be sitting up there with a bunch of bigots and just come back going, listen, I hate all y'all. You know, like, I'm not, not quite sure. But you're going to be like, y'all suck. Yeah, yes, you do, y'all. Fucking suck. You know? The hell. My fucking luck, you know, my, my punishment will not be that waiting period. You know, I'll be in, like, hell's waiting room with a bunch of other art anarchists with dark humor laughing about stupid shit. And I'll come back and only be, like, the, you know, 1500s or something like that as a peasant woman with no rights. You know, that would be... That would be my fault. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> This is the shit that was in my head. And I shared it. <laughs> I shared it with others to make them feel like, wow, my mental health not that bad. <laughs> and other people going, if she's like left unsupervised, like there's nobody checking on her, right? <laughs> I, I have no words. <laughs> now you know when I start bringing up these subjects, he just looks at me and goes, no. We're not, we're not doing it. So this. how many gummies have? So how many gummies have we had today? Just one. Oh, just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Okay. But no, but that was a, I started that last night. Dang, I was like, wait a minute. After how many gummies? We were a couple gummies deep. I will, I will admit okay. that. <laughs> we were probably in that reckless zone. But, you know, and it, it started because I saw this, I saw this, TikTok. Oh, I love my TikTok. Uh, I, you, I, you and your TikTok. I do. It amuses me. And I am on a <laughs> neurodivergent, dark mental health trauma talk uh, TikTok. So there's this one guy, and he's sitting there, and there's this whole, there was a little mini trend that was going around where they had a jar, like a mason jar type thing, or, or large cup, and people were, like, throwing pens into it from a distance and said, saying, like, if I make this, I have to go clean my room. If I make this, I have to do this. Well, you know, it was all kind of like positive things. And this one guy, he did it, and he was supposed to be really like uplifting and inspiring. And he's like, if I make this, you have to exist. And he makes it. And this one girl stitched it. And she's got some birth defects where she's missing parts of her hands. And she obviously has a great sense of humor about it, but her stitches, her dropping in, on, like me dropping down onto her bed and going in, looking at her arms, going, where's the rest of me? And I, like, fucking lost it. I'm sitting there just, like, howling. Because, you know, and that's when I got, well, like, you know, I'm going to hell because I'm laughing about this, you know, because I find this highly hilarious. And that's where, you know, we just started going down that path. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> It's the whole doggy heaven squirrel hell scenario. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, 
see what y'all get. That's why you say XR. We actually get on. We actually get on the
her son. Oh my so god. What happened was he broke the child's arm or leg. One, one of them. I don't remember which one. By the way, he was holding him. So when Michelle took him to the emergency room to get treatment, they called DCS. Of course they did. And had the son removed. Well, of course they did. So at the time of her abduction, she was biting tooth and nail to get her son back. So she abducted, like I said, on August 23rd, 2002. So, sorry. No worries. So fairly a year later, so it looks like maybe four eight months later, a girl by the name of Amanda Berry went missing. Um, she went missing on April 21st of 2003. This was a day before her 17th birthday. So Amanda had gotten off work at Burger King, and typically she would request a ride, even though it was pretty close to where she lived and she could walk. It was in, like, a sketchier part of the neighborhood, so she would request a ride home. So she's on the phone with her mom requesting a ride home when Ariel Castro came in and offered to take Amanda home. Again, Amanda knew one of Ariel's daughters from high school, so this was someone she knew, so she accepted the ride. So she calls her mom back, says, never mind, I've got a ride home, and after that, she's never heard from again. I, so, you know what, I got to ask, you know, I got to ask, like, how are these, all right, my daughter will be 22, like, literally will be 22 in days. We are recording this. It is December 5th. She will be 22 on December 8th. I still, like, who's picking you up? Where are you going? I mean, like, if my daughter called me and said, oh, don't worry, I have a ride, my first question would be, with who? Like, right. you know, maybe that's me as a parent, and maybe I'm just different that way, but you know, and I'm not, I'm not blaming the moms. I don't want anybody, oh, you know, that's, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just, I, where I get lost is like, how was that not a conversation of like, who's giving you a ride home? You know, and, you know, my friend, dad, you know, and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, unless it's just me I, and that's you, yeah. you know, there are some moms who like to know that information. When I was growing up, my mom, who was by no means a, a hands-off kind of mom, you know, if I had told her I had a ride home, she'd be like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Because she was a single mom, and she worked her ass off to support us. So anything that, you know, meant that she didn't have to do an extra thing, she didn't really question. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, it's also... I don't know, a more different time when when we were growing up, you know. That's true. You know, and so I can I should be that. remember. But it's 2000, 2003. I know, but still enough to know that, you know, bad shit happens. But right. I think maybe, maybe that's why I'm like that with my kids. Or what, where, when. Mm-hmm. You know, because. I remember. Uh, and I mean, I don't know what it was. was. I mean, I, I'm the same way with my kids. But, you know, I've worked in the criminal justice system for 14 years. I've, I've literally seen it all. So, at any rate, so so Amanda's abducted on April 21st of 2003. She's reported missing right away. Her her mother was very adamant. She even befriended a journalist at her local news. 
to try and keep Amanda's name on the nightly news. If she watched the news that night and Amanda's picture didn't show, she's calling that reporter, going, why wasn't Amanda's picture on the news tonight? You know, don't let this go. So, you know, he's got Amanda now. Random random question. What was their their ethnicity of the girls that were abducted? Were they women of color? Amanda was Caucasian. Okay. No, not all of them. Um, one of them was Hispanic, and two of them were Caucasian. Okay. So I know, uh, unfortunately, the statistics are that if they are a, a woman of color, their their information goes quiet very quickly. You know what I'm saying? Like quicker than it than a yes white. No. Yeah. Typically, yes. That was not the case for his last victim, though. Okay. So I'm not going to get there. Okay, just a second. So after Ariel had had Amanda for a week, he uses Amanda's cell phone to call her mom. And he says, I have your daughter. She'll be home in a few days. And, of course, they ping the cell phone towers to their neighborhood. And, yes, she was held for a decade without anyone ever knowing that she was right under their nose. So less than a year later, on April 2nd of 2004, Castro sees uh, Georgina DeJesus, who was known to most people as Gina. She was last seen after school, ironically, with Castro's daughter, Arlene. So it's a Friday after school. Arlene and Gina are walking. Gina's mom had given her 50 cents for the bus to come home. Gina gives Arlene that 50 cents to call her mom because they were trying to make plans for the weekend. So Gina's like, why don't you come over to my house? Um, you know, we can have a sleepover or whatever. So Arlene calls her mom. Her mom says no. Gina says, you owe me 50 cents. And they go their separate ways. So about that time, Ariel Castro comes up to Gina. And he says he's looking for his daughter, Arlene, who, again, is Gina's best friend. So she gets in the car. They go driving around. They wind up back at his house to see if she had come home. He gets her in the house. He changed her up and he raised her. She, this girl was 14 years old. Yeah. So talk about a, a, like an American monster. That he, he's definitely, you know, that's definitely a monster right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was raping these girls three, four times a day. He had gotten Michelle pregnant five times, and five times he beat her and threw her down the stairs until she miscarried her child. You know, there's no. There's some crimes that there's there's really no words for. No, there's not. So at one point in December of about 2007, Amanda does give birth to a baby girl. So when she got pregnant, and I don't know why it was different for Amanda than it was with Michelle, who he had aborted all of her uh, pregnancies. Amanda, on the other hand, he was he told Michelle, if anything happens to this kid, I'll kill you. So she went into pregnancy uh, labor. On Christmas Day, 2007, she gave birth in a birthing pool. Michelle had to deliver the baby. Amanda named the baby girl Jocelyn. And Castro paraded this kid around telling people that she was his girlfriend's daughter. And he doted on her. He took her outside. He bought her all kinds of toys. All the neighbors knew this kid. And she pretty much grew up. And once she was born, he kind of started unlocking the doors 
because as she got older, she started asking questions. So he would unlock the doors, but he would also tell all three girls, what do you leave? The other two said that fear of control, that it made them responsible for each other, you know, that exactly. mythology of that, exactly. of that, you know, and oh my gosh. And I, and I think that yeah. could be part of the reason why he, it was different, you know, he, why he let this one go, you know, this one pregnancy come to terms. It, it's almost to be, it, it, it's kind of sadistic, really. Gina's family 
doing the same thing, who both families were constantly on the news looking for their child. And here's no one for Michelle. You know, I can't even imagine that feeling of being alone after going through something this traumatic. Yeah, and not having, having no one there for you. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just so again. Yeah. So Castro was arrested. He ended up taking a plea. He was sentenced. You know what? Let me. He, he was sentenced to. He was charged with, hold on, so I can tell you what he was sentenced to, but that's not going to tell you what he was charged with. So, on, let's see. Whoops. I think I got Okay, this is sure it was an impressive. I said, I'm sure it was an it was impressive like, list of charges. Oh, it was something like 337 charges total. Oh, no. Oh, okay. On July 26th. He pled guilty to 937 charges. These included kidnapping, rape, and murder. He was charged with two counts of murder for his role in terminating Michelle's pregnancies. Yeah, that's a forced abortion there, yeah. Yes. Gosh. So he was sentenced to life without parole to be served consecutively to 1,000 years, which is almost unheard of. Most charges are run concurrently. So just for those of you out there that don't know the difference between a concurrent sentence and a consecutive sentence is that a concurrent sentence runs combined. So if he were sentenced to 1,000 years plus life in prison, that's all he would yeah, like, so say, let's say life in prison would be 250 years. His max sentence would be 1,000 years if they were running concurrently. Um, consecutive, consecutively means that it's running in addition to. So if it were 250 years and 1,000 years, it would be 1,250 years, as opposed to concurrent, which would be a max of 1,000, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's it's running them separate as opposed to together. So if somebody, I think, to do the real simple math is like, okay, you got charged for, you got sentenced to eight years for robbery. Robbery. And you got another four years for this and blah, blah, blah. And then the total of your sentence is 20 years, but they're saying you're going to run it concurrently. Concurrently. Yeah. Which which makes it, makes it, yeah. Eight years or so, whatever that that whole thing is. Yeah. So it it's right. like separate sentences. So mm-hmm. so I, you know, on top of that, he had to pay a fine of I'm wanting to say a hundred thousand dollars. However, a month into his sentence, he was found hung in his cell by his bed linens. He had committed committed suicide. Can't speak today. I wish I could say. <laughs> How sad that is, but I think the world is a better place for it. Oh, yeah. I I absolutely agree, and I absolutely agree that, you know, he kind of... But he could have done that before he inflicted all that damage. But I'm saying, like, it doesn't matter that he's dead. There will never be justice for this. There will never be. Right. Oh, absolutely Because there is no justice for this. There's nothing that could happen to him that would make it right. You know? Like, there's no... Right. and, And when we talked about his childhood, we also discussed it was really... This is just who he was. There wasn't like there was a massive traumatic event. 
it wasn't like this was the boy locked under the stairs. This was just an asshole on a power trip who liked hurting girls. Well, in all honesty, we don't really know that. He did claim, while he was in holding, that he was sexually abused as a child. Granted, this was right after he had been arrested, and his response to the officer was, well, I'm a victim too. Yeah. Yeah, we talked Which about that. I think is bullshit. Yeah, in his childhood, we talked about that, where he had, there was two allegations that had been made. One was it was an uncle, and the other one was that it was nine-year-old neighborhood boy. But those okay. there was, those statements were only made, like, once. Right. So, and I've said that it was the only time he'd ever said anything. Yeah, I, I don't want to discount that something did happen to him, but, you know, it, there's just really no, you know, you know, he was just an asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. You know, very agree. disturbing. So, and he had his family. And he had a family. And he had a family. Yeah, at one point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Had he not abused the shit out of his wife. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, he did. He, he so, And she ran from him, so, which I don't blame her. I don't blame her. No, not at all. There is a happy ending, however. All three women are doing very well mm. in life. Amanda Berry actually joined the Fox 8 News. She what? runs a segment called Missing with Amanda Berry, and she covers all the missing the missing people stories. Uh, I love Nina, that. I yeah. love that she, she's done that because when you think of, like, here's a phrase... I don't know how much of this case you remember because you're younger than me, but when we hear code Adam in a, in a store, we all know mm-hmm. that means it's Adam Walsh. It's Adam Walsh. And yep. just, I think about what Adam's father did, John Walsh, like how he went with the America's yep. Most Wanted, and how he took something that is really nightmares. And I'm not talking, you know, dog, heaven, squirrel, hell. I'm talking about, like, literally things that I could not handle in this world. And he turned it into something positive. And to see this woman, I mean, that just, to, to go on and, and talk about the missing like that, talk about a resilience, you know, a strong oh, spirit. Absolutely. Oh, kudos uh, you know, to her. All three of those women, I think, are to be commended and really took this trauma and turned it into something. Gina worked for, okay, this thing is really pissing me off. Now, this is the third fucking time. <laughs> this is the third fucking time. Oh my god. This thing fucking sucks. We're so close to being done. Oh my god. I'm just great. Oh. Why would you do such a thing? Mm, crap. Yeah. I know. Cardboard. It, yes. I agree. Well, that's good to know. I might have to try that sometime. At any rate... Back to the story. So, Gina, Cleveland Missing. Yes. That is a nonprofit, you know, for missing and exploited children. So, that's pretty amazing for her. Michelle runs a nonprofit called Art to Heal. So, she works with traumatized people doing art to try and get their emotions out to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> a fancy plastic <laughs> That would be good to get for my daughter, actually. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think they're heroes, honestly. I mean, 
they are so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But she's loved. And mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what year, but at some point in between Castro's death and now the house of horrors at 27 or i'm sorry 2207 seymour avenue was demolished so that house is no longer there to serve as a reminder of the hell that these women went through and that's our story today Nish, you still there uh-oh we lost her all right okay there you are there you are okay <laughs> i'm still here yeah we're still recording i mean